for a plague, for a um, pandemic. It's kind of boring. I didn't. Ex- I didn't really. I love to imagine end of the world scenarios. Um, not that this is the end. well. It kind of is the end. It's the end of a world. We've had the end of the world lots of times, really. Um, but it's not. It's never what we think it's going to be. It just means that, you know, the world we lived in changes. It's not the end of the world forever and mankind is wiped out. It's, you know, like 9-11 was an end of the an end of the world. I think that's the key. There's no the end of the world. There is an end of the world. So 9-11 was one of those where the world was different afterwards. And this will probably be another one. Uh, 2008 financial crisis. I don't know if that was an end because nothing really changed much. <laughs> and this one and the financial crisis, you know, that's, uh, it's almost like a co-infection with the pandemic. Um, as an independent contractor, you know, I was promised by the government two weeks, two, three weeks ago that there would be lots of grant and loan money available to me to keep me afloat until things open up again and I can get back to work. And it turns out that that was a lie. <laughs> $2.2 trillion pumped in the economy and Wall Street got most of it. So in the beginning when I, I applied, I don't know if I was going to take a loan, but I'll take a grant. You want to give me money so I can spend it and keep the economy going? Fine. That's cool. I would love to take your money. Um, so I don't need it needed at this point, but I applied. I'm like, you know, who knows if it's six months goes by, I could use 10 grand. That'll be nice. So, and that's kind of what they made it sound like. They made it sound like basically people like me, any small business owner, any independent contractor, you're basically going to get a $10,000 grant with no oversight, you know, just here, take this money, spend it, keep the economy going. So it doesn't tank totally. And then I get an email the other day from the small business administration saying that, well, you'll get $10,000 per employee. You'll get $1,000 per employee up to a maximum of 10 employees, which is an insulting amount of money. First of all, a thousand dollars is like half my rent. (laughs) I mean, I'll take a thousand dollars, but it's not helping me if this goes six months. And for anybody with a small business, you know, who has a couple employees, that's like, you're supposed to take the thousand dollars so you don't have to fire your employee. Like (laughs) that's a thousand dollars is not helping anyone. It's not, especially if you're i I'm in DC, like if you're DC anywhere on the East or West coast, any major city, a thousand dollars is dog shit. Yeah. Maybe if I was in Billings, Montana, a thousand dollars might help me out, but I'm not there. Uh, but I can't even say I'm disappointed. It's just kind of laughable, really. Of course, of course, that's what's going to happen. 
all these big bank, hedge funds, whoever, basically people who gamble billions of dollars a year for a living, they get bailed out to keep stock prices high, even though stock prices mean nothing. They're not, yeah, I don't know. It's not a, stock price isn't a thing. It's for, to keep people's, keep shareholders happy that their stocks aren't, yeah. (laughs) That system's got to go. It's probably not, but it's really when a company's profits go into stock buybacks in order to increase share value and none of that money goes into research of or development of new product or new technologies. It does not go into benefits for employees. It does not go into training. Yeah, it just goes nowhere. <laughs> this is $2.2 trillion basically just disappeared. Ended up in some offshore accounts somewhere. And then people who could really need the money I don't really need the money. I could use the money. It'd be nice. I don't need it yet, but some people really need it and they ain't getting shit and the economy is going to be fucked. There's going to be no bounce back with this economy. It's insane. It's fucking insane. Um, and I can't even really blame Trump because it's not like the same shit happened under Obama. You know, there's basically Bush... Junior set set the last the last stimulus. He kind of set it up. Obama carried it through. That's exactly what happened last time. The vast majority of that money just ended up as some bonus to a CEO, even though they said it wouldn't. And it ended up in offshore accounts. And the actual economy saw none of that money. But the NASDAQ grows, so I guess that's what is important. Yeah, I always get annoyed when the uh, the New York Times will report whether the NASDAQ rose or fell as if that's an indicator of anything. Like, what are you... Why are we following this number? It means nothing. The NASDAQ can be crazy high. It doesn't mean I'm making more money. It means nothing to me. All right. So I think the the most disappointing part about this pandemic are there's no zombies. Like I was promised zombies. A virus takes over the world. There's zombies that go with it, right? Like There should be zombies. Otherwise, it doesn't feel like the end of the world. It's just boring. (laughs) I think, I wonder if like a nuclear apocalypse would be the same thing. Like you'd think it'd be like crazy and terrifying, but it probably just, if you don't die right away, it's just boring. Like most everyone's dead. Radiation is everywhere, but you can't hear it. You can't see it. You can't smell it. And then there's plenty of food in the beginning because there's no people eating the food, assuming it didn't all like incinerate. 
but the food's all ir- irradiated. The water's all irradiated. So, but you got to eat. <laughs> I mean, if you're not just going to shoot yourself, you got to eat something. So then they just slowly get radiation poisoning and die or not die. Just live horribly. And other than being with your own misery and hunger. Other than that, it's pretty boring. (laughs) I didn't expect the apocalypse to be boring. That's why you need zombies, just to keep it, you know, keep it exciting. Keep it exciting. Plague is boring. I, I guess the bubonic plague was probably pretty boring just all your friends and family dying which I don't know I don't know if that's I don't know is it boring yeah it's boring in the sense that like nothing is happening really we're told things are happening you know it's there's an illusion of things are happening but nothing's really nothing's going on at all it's you know if friends and family die I guess that's not boring that nothing's really happening. I don't even know if I make, I'm probably not making sense. I'm sure I'm not making sense. <laughs> I just expected more excitement with an apocalypse. I guess, you know, if it's like a revolution, you've got like armed gangs roving the street. That's, that's interesting. That's exciting. Here you just have nothing. Here you just have random old people wandering around who should be wearing a mask, but are not. <laughs> You're like, dude, it's ballsy, not wearing a mask. You should probably stay home and order your groceries in. Um, yeah, I, I would like, I would like not a lot of zombies, but just a couple. Like, let's say... I guess, you know, all told statistically, the death rate for COVID is not huge. It's definitely there. People are definitely dying. But what if 1% of the people who died from COVID then became a zombie? You know, not everyone. That's where most zombie movies go wrong, I think, is like, Everyone who dies is a zombie. That's, you know, that's how the walking dead is. Doesn't matter if you're a bit or not, you die, you become a zombie. I think it'd be manageable and maybe even preferable if just 1% of people became a zombie. Just 1% of people who died. So most people get infected, don't even show symptoms. A lot will show some symptoms, Some will show severe symptoms, but still live. And then a few unfortunate people die. And what if 1% of those people who died became a zombie? And here's why I want just a couple zombies. Because people are hanging out outside too much and too long. We need like the occasional zombie to roll through and just break this shit up. There's a coffee shop across the street from me. It's a nice little kind of hipster 
little upscale, but tries to not show its upscale coffee shop. And uh, they've set up shop right outside the front. So I guess they're not letting anybody in, but they've got like a little tent. They bring the coffee out. They bring their little pastries and their scones and shit out and out the front on like little picnic tables. And then, so there's a line down the block and granted the line is long because people are doing social distancing or whatever, like spacing it out. But all day there's a line. Like people just have to go and stand in this long line, long sparse line to get a fucking scone. <laughs> and then like they're going to stand out there for 20, 30 minutes to get a fucking scone. And, you know, I don't want this coffee shop to go out of business. I just think people need to move it. And one zombie would be great for that. It would be really great. Not a whole horde of zombies. Like the whole horde doesn't need to come through and tear everyone's faces off. Just one zombie come shambling down the sidewalk. And that would just pick up the pace. People will just, you know, hey, give me my scone. I got to go. The zombie's coming. (laughs) You don't have to not get your scone. You just got to move with some purpose. I just want people to move with some purpose. That's all I'm looking for. Or Trader Joe's would be great. I think Trader Joe's is doing it differently now. I haven't been in a couple weeks. Um, But originally, I guess maybe three weeks ago, I'd go into Trader Joe's and half the shit on the shelves would be gone because people are buying in bulk and then they're eating in bulk So all this stockpile of survival food they've gotten for the month, they eat all that in a week, and then they have to go back to fucking Trader Joe's and buy more shit. So I try, I think my Trader Joe's I went to, they usually get stuff in like either Wednesday night or Thursday morning. So I usually went Thursdays. And then, so I'll go Thursday and I can tell they've restocked the shelves and already half the shit on the shelves is gone. And I go, how much food? I mean, one or, you know, the first week, maybe first two weeks, yeah. But a month later, that shit's still going on. Like, how much food are you people eating? You don't, if you you don't buy in bulk, because then you eat in bulk. You're just making all these ridiculous gourmet meals at home. You burn through all your food, and then you got to go out and buy another $250 worth of groceries that you're going to eat in three days and a zombie would, and then, oh yeah. And then people were just like wandering around and like, Oh, what do I want? Uh, like, this is not the time for that. There's a plague going on. This is not the time for you to be massaging avocados, deciding which ones have the perfect consistency. We need One is maybe two zombies, two zombies in the Trader Joe's and we can name them. They can be like, like Phyllis and Steve, Phyllis and Steve, the zombies. And they could even be like former Trader Joe's employees who unfortunately died and you know, they're zombies and they don't need the money. So they could still work for their original paycheck, still get paid. And then that could go to their families. You know, they're 
I don't know what you get at Trader Joe's. 15 bucks an hour, maybe, if you're lucky. And then we could dress them up in little shirts. Phyllis and Steve have like little name tags. And they just shamble along through the aisles, just making people move with some purpose. You know, it's like, oh, uh, this avocado, that's too hard. Uh, that one's too soft. Uh, oh, shit, Phyllis is coming. Just grab one. Grab one and go. It doesn't matter. This is not the time <laughs> to massage the avocados. Just grab a couple and go. Move on. Get the fuck in. Get the fuck out. And the eggs, that's what really, it, uh, the last time I was at Trader Joe's, somebody was doing the thing with the, these freaks with the eggs where you they open the carton and then they grab an egg and they have to shake it by their ear. Shake it. What are you shaking that fucking egg for? And then they put it back. And I guess they decide like, it sounds good. I don't know what it's supposed to sound like. And they'll grab the next egg and shake it. And then the next egg. And they'll shake the whole fucking dozen. And if egg seven or eight doesn't sound right, they put it back, put the whole dozen back, grab another dozen and start the... Pro- like, what are you listening for? Why does every egg have to be perfect? And... What is perfect? Do you think there's like, do you think there's like a baby chicken in there? And if you can hear it like chirping, you can hear it like, buck, 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 like, oh, I don't want to eat the baby chicken. There's one alive in there. Eat that fucking, this is not the time for your vegan bullshit. You eat that baby chicken and you be grateful, grateful that you have a baby chicken to eat. This is real time. This is not paleo time. This is not vegan time. This is not your nonsense diet time. This is, hey, eat food while it's available because it may not be. A month from now, it may not be available. There may not be the food available and you'll have wished that you'd have eaten those eggs before because now you're eating fucking cabbage stew what did they eat and really want? Cabbage water. Eating cabbage water like Uncle Joe, Grandpa Joe, and fucking Willy Wonka. That's why we need a zombie. Two zombies on the Trader Joe's. Steve and Phyllis. Those motherfucker, if you're shaking the eggs during the pandemic, you get your face eaten off. This is the new normal. We need a couple of zombies. Oh no! Oh, the uh, oh, the Jack Rose. So Jack Rose is a. Uh, it's like a, kind of an upper scale, whiskey bar in my neighborhood, and uh, so all all the bars were shut down. I guess. Um, Jack Rose was, or I guess the owner was just selling like bottles of fancy whiskey at a discount. So instead of a bar, he became a liquor store. And then people were lining up around the block to buy, I don't know, half off fancy Japanese whiskeys, whatever. Like they need a zombie. Like people standing in a line for scones or whiskey, like it's the Great Depression. You're standing in a bread line or this is fucking, you know, USSR. 1982 standing in a fucking bread line, but no, we're standing. We're, we might be standing in bread line soon. 
And then we'll remember the times when we were standing in line for a fucking scone. I waited in line 25 minutes for a sc- I waited in line for 90 minutes for this half-off Japanese whiskey. We'll miss those days. We need a zombie. We need a zombie to roll through. Hey, buy your whiskey. I get it. You know, maybe you'll keep that guy in business. Whiskey was overpriced anyway. Who gives a shit? I don't know. You know, people enjoyed going there. I don't want to see the place shut down. If he's got to sell whiskey to uh, pay the rent, you know, that's cool. Just move it along. Get a zombie out there to move it along. And it makes it more fun. It makes it interesting. It makes it not boring. Like, hey, they got really great deals on whiskey. But there might be a zombie. Is it worth it? You might decide it's worth it. And I will not knock your decision. You know, fuck it. I mean, zombie, one or two zombies is not a real threat. They're kind of slow. They're not too bright. But if you're complacent, You know, if you're daydreaming, if you're standing in that line for two hours, just checking out Instagram on your phone, you may not hear Phyllis come up behind you and rip your ear off with her teeth. Just need a couple zombies just to keep it interesting because this is a boring ass pandemic. So boring. Tinged with a little bit of anxiety. When am I going to work again? I'm good now. I'm good for another month or two. Then I might really start worrying. And now there's a little bit of anxiety about... It's almost pre-worry. I'm going to worry before I worry. If that makes any sense. And I'm generally not an anxious person. I'm not one of you nervous little bunnies running around. Anxious about everything. But I'm getting a little bit now. I'll have moments where I'm like, oh, it's almost the first. Gonna have to pay rent again. I have enough this month. Well, I have next enough and have enough next month. Two months ago, I was looking at, uh, I was procrastinating before doing this podcast by looking at fancy headphones. Maybe I need fancy headphones to do this podcast. And really, I don't need fancy headphones. I was just fucking around before I finally got down to sit sit and talk to myself for an hour. You know, normal procrastinating bullshit. But two months ago, I'd have bought them headphones. And now I could, I still might buy those headphones. Get a pair of nice $300 Bose fancy audio monitoring headphones that I am not qualified to use properly. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm not a, I'm, I don't think I'm that level of audiophile. But uh, I like to buy myself toys. Why not? And two months ago, I'd have bought those $300 headphones. Now I'm like, I could afford it. But I don't know when I'm coming back to work again full time. So maybe I shouldn't afford it. I haven't had to make a decision like that in a year or two. Like, oh, maybe a not a $300 purchase, you know. Once you get over a thousand, that's when I'll usually go, eh, do I really want that? Probably not. I think I'm just bored. $300. I'll, I'll spend $300 to alleviate 15 minutes of boredom anytime. 
Not today, though. I still might get those headphones. We'll see. If I start going back to work in May full time, I'm getting those fucking headphones. Got to invest in this podcast. I already spent $1,000 on a theme song. Why the hell not? <laughs> I just want to, I just want a couple zombies just to make leaving the house exciting. Actually, leaving the house is kind of exciting a little bit. It's like, normally I hate to leave the house. Now I'm like, maybe I should go get some wine. Go around the corner, get some wine. Should I cover my face? Are they going to make me cover my face? I don't know. Should I bring the scarf? That makes it, it makes it a little more interesting. Not as much as a zombie would, but, or like I heard they're having rat wars in New York and DC has got tons of rats. So we probably have in rat wars in, in DC. I want to see one. <laughs> I want to see a rat war. I just want to see two gangs of rats just trying to eat each other. That would be fun. Uh, or in, yeah, wild animals are coming out like California. The bears are creeping into the suburbs. San Francisco's got coyotes roaming the streets. I want some of that. Maybe, maybe in a week or two, we'll get some of that in DC. We've got coyotes out in Rock Creek park. They might start creeping in soon. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Um, yeah, so turns out I'm not getting any bailout money or probably not getting any bailout money. I was, I shouldn't have expected, well, I, I never really expected anything, but I was told, you know, cause I'm a self-employed 1099 type person. I don't get W2s anymore. And I was told that with this latest stimulus package, this $2.2 trillion stimulus package, I was basically led to believe that I was just going to get $10,000 free and additional loans if I wanted them. But it basically, I was going to get a $10,000 grant. And I said, sure, give me $10,000. That sounds great. And sometimes like a lot of people would feel, and I even might, at a different time, feel guilty about taking free money because it seems kind of un-American just to take money from the government, even though everybody fucking does it. The most diehard capitalist Wall Street motherfuckers love a government bailout. Um, it's fucking douche hypocrites. And normally, you know, I was brought up, you know, in a capitalist society and you're supposed to feel bad about taking money from the government or, you know, some bullshit like that. And even I might feel a twinge of that at another time, but not this time because it's sort of, you know, sort of our patriotic duty. Take the money from the government and spend it. Otherwise, the economy completely collapses. And I said, hey, that's a great idea. Give me $10,000. I would love to spend it. And then I just got an email from the Small Business Administration a couple of days ago. Hey, so, um, you know, that $10,000 grant wasn't really a grant. What it's going to be is that if you're a small business owner, we're going to give you $1,000 
per employee up to 10 employees. And that is basically a real fuck you to everybody. Like, what am I going to do with $1,000? That's half my rent. Like, three months ago, I'd make $1,000 in two days. Like, really, what do you think that's going to do for me? And if I actually had, see, I don't have, I'm just self-employed. I don't actually have employees. If I had employees, you expect me to keep the employees on my payroll and not fire them? By only giving them $1,000, you expect them to not have to quit or file for unemployment? It's ridiculous. And it turns out, according to my my favorite independent reporter, Matt Taibbi, that the vast majority of that $2.2 million is going to Wall Street. It's going to Wall Street so they can buy back their own stock to artificially inflate their own price shares for their stock. And also to pay bonuses to CEOs, which is pretty much exactly what happened in the last 2008-2009 stimulus, federal stimulus. Most of that money ends up in offshore accounts. So basically, they just take $2.2 trillion out of the economy, $2.2 trillion of taxpayer money, and it just goes in a couple of rich people's offshore accounts. It just basically just suck it right out. And then the people who need it, like I don't need, need the money. I could use it. I'll spend $10,000. Sure. And you know, if this thing, if I'm like at my current work level for six months or so, yeah, I could definitely use $10,000 right now. It's just kind of laughable. I don't really need the money now, but where's all that I don't know. I don't get it. It's sort of like I can't even get angry about it. It's just, I mean, really, this is, I guess I can get angry about it. Really, this is heads on, heads on spikes time. I want heads off and on a big spike, and we all got to march on the White House. (laughs) To be clear, I am not advocating overthrow of the government on my podcast. This is a, we'll call this a comedy podcast. This is a, this is a casual, just talking shit podcast, casual venting as a joke. We should cut some motherfuckers heads off and march on the white house. <laughs> this is absurd. Where, where did that $2.2 trillion goes? And I realized like you throw out a big number like that, and it seems like all the money in the world. And it does get spread pretty thin. Um, you know, money runs out real quick. But if none of this money is actually going to keep businesses afloat, then what I, you know, I I kind of expected, which would be reason, more reasonable is people with my employment situation were like a self-employed 1099 small business. Maybe they have a couple employees. They get a 10 or 20 or $30,000 grant and then can apply for some low interest loans. You know, most of which are forgivable and also 
a hundred billion dollars goes missing. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, where'd that hundred billion? Well, those motherfuckers, you know, there goes the hundred billion dollars. No, this is kind of the opposite. <laughs> it's like $2.1 trillion goes missing. And then the rest of us have to make do with a tiny slice of that hundred billion dollars. We all get a thousand dollars. It's kind of, yeah, it's really ridiculous. I don't know. It's crazy. I can't, I can't even, I read the whole article on what stock buybacks were and I barely understand it, but I'm like, yeah, this is some, this is some shyster shit. This is crazy. There's all that. And then where does the money come from? We just going to, they can just print another 2.2 trillion. I mean, the money's gone basically out of the economy. So I don't even know if that would affect inflation at all. It's not like they pump all that money into the economy and price rises. It's just that money's gone. So if the money's just kind of deleted, you can just, you know, magically create the same amount. Can't you? I don't know. I went to school for creative writing. I know jack shit about economics. I know nothing. Um, really, what I think we should all do is apply for all these grants and loans and through everything. Because I applied for one federally. I applied for one, for one through the D.C. Small Business Administration. There's a couple others I could apply for. I'm sure that none of them will pan out and I will get no money from any of them. But if we get money... This is what I would encourage all patriotic Americans to do. You take your grant money, you take your loan money, and then don't spend it. Don't put it back in the economy. Just hide it under your mattress. Actually, go convert it to gold. Hide the gold under your mattress, and then we all refuse to spend this money until our elected representatives meet our demands. I don't know what our demands are. Someone else can come up with our demands. Uh, my demand is, you know, stop giving these asshole bonuses. Stop giving them, stop buying back your own stock. What? Yeah, that shit. And maybe some other, I don't know. We can... I'm sure we can all, 375 million of us, come together and agree on a few concrete demands. Does that sound reasonable? <laughs> Get everybody on the same page? I just really would love Americans to take all that government money and then not spend it. Just sit on it and just let the economy continue to plummet until fucking Bezos and Trump and the Clintons till they all start really getting nervous. Like, uh oh, where'd the money go? We took the money out of the economy. That's really how they got us in the first, in the whole housing bubble. In the uh, mid-2000s housing bubble is Americans had a lot of their savings tied up in their houses because that was, a house was an investment. And then a lot of your retirement plan was based on the 
the equity, the worth of your house. And then these fucking bankers said, there's a lot of assets tied up in this home equity. We got to get it out of people's hands. We got to take these people's retirement plans, have them stop saving money and pump it back into the economy so that we can get richer. And that's basically what the housing bubble was. It's like, hey, take out a second mortgage, take out a third mortgage. It's great. Yeah, no, your house is going to be worth $400 million more than you paid for it. It's going to be fine. You paid $30,000 for that house in 1974, well, now it's going to be worth $250 million. So take out a fifth mortgage. It's fine. And then that's how the housing bubbles started. Or that's how the housing bubble happened. And so now I guess they don't even need to do that. They don't need it. Well, I guess Americans don't have money. We don't, you know, they took all our money. They took all our retirement plans. So now they'll just straight take our tax dollars. It's pretty ingenious, actually. It sucks, like, to be able to be those guys, you know, to be the guy in the ivory tower as opposed, you kind of got to be born into it. Nobody really, nobody works their way up to being the financial director of Schwab. You know, you're fucking, you were born going to, you were born to rich parents, you're going to fancy schools, you're going to Yale or Harvard or wherever the fuck they go. That's not really a pull yourself up by your bootstraps kind of job. Be nice if it was. I mean, I'd love to steal money, steal money from everybody. You kind of got to be born in to be that kind of crook, though. So, uh, yeah, I don't even know what to think with the with the news. I mean, my plan would have applied two weeks ago when I thought we were actually going to get money. We could get that money and sit on it, but <laughs> they they foiled me. Before I even formulated my plan, they just took the money. <laughs> they said, wait, we're not giving you the money. We're going to say we're giving you the money so Congress passes it, but then we're not actually going to give you the money. So, yeah, so we just got to sit home. And uh, I like how everybody's trying to cook. <laughs> Suddenly, everyone on Instagram is a fucking celebrity chef. Would, I know for a fact nobody, at least in this town, cooked. Nobody knows. How. I don't know what you people are making. None of you know how to cook. Like, the last three years, the f- they don't even have ingredients at the farmer's market. Ingredients, I mean, like, they don't have fruits and vegetables, really. They might have one stand with, like, you can get, or you can get some, like, pasture-raised, farm fresh meat or dairy or something like that. Mostly the farmer's markets in DC, they'll have most of it's bread. Most of it's these fat fucks eating bread, cookies, scones, cupcakes. I'm like, why do I need this from a farm? I can get bread at the store. And then the rest are just pre-made meals. Pre-made meals because like the farmers who come in to the farmer's market in DC realize like, Nobody's buying fruits and vegetables. Nobody's buying meat, really. Because nobody cooks. Everybody just eats out or orders in. So then the farmers were like, well, 
we want to make money at these farmers markets, we're just going to have to make people meals. <laughs> so it's not even a farmers market. It's more like a chef's market. Like, hey, we're going to make our all these pre-made meals at the farm and we're going to bring them into the city and you just buy them and then you heat them up and eat them. So now everyone's trying to cook because delivery, food deliveries can be hard to get. And it's, you know, restaurants are usually the ones that are open, the ones that are delivering food. It's like they can't meet that kind of demand. So people are, you know, and then just because you made a meatloaf, it doesn't mean it deserves to be on Instagram. Your shitty, disgusting meatloaf. I know you don't know how to make meatloaf. I know you don't know shit about spices. You don't know how to spice. You put like a teaspoon of oregano on that thing. You think that's enough? No, you motherfuckers can't cook. I've been a bachelor for 40 years. I've been making food at home for myself and my long string of monogamous relationships. (laughs) I can cook. I can tell just on your grainy iPhone 8 photo on Instagram, you can't cook for shit. Good job trying, though. Good job trying to cook. I mean, really, you guys can't cook because you have no taste. You don't even know what good food tastes like. You just go to the same shitty happy hours every night, eat your fucking Taco Tuesday, your dollar tacos at Taco Tuesday. And by the way, there are no good tacos in D.C. Stop saying you love tacos. D.C. does not have tacos because nowhere in D.C. makes their own tortillas. You got to go to the Southwest for that shit. You got to go to Arizona. You got to go to New Mexico, Southern California. That's where you get tacos. Stop saying you love tacos when you live in D.C. You've never had a good taco. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. If you say you like tacos in D.C., you need a zombie to visit you. Just one. Maybe two. One or two zombies to visit you at your taqueria. At your D.C. taqueria. Uh, I I really want a zombie. I think um I guess what I've learned so far in the pandemic is that the skills I thought that would be necessary in a zombie apocalypse are not really cuz most of my information comes from TV movies and they're you know because it's it's an entertainment and it's supposed to not be boring because drama is just life with the boring bits cut out you know people got to get good skills you know like in the walking dead you need to be able to like lots of skills by the way that are not relevant but then become relevant like horseback riding and sword fighting and fucking archery. Like in a movie or TV show with zombies like that, those are useful skills because you got to kill the zombies. But now I think those skills are kind of bullshit. Like if there were actual zombies, they wouldn't be that useful. 
because they're it's kind of like you got to put your you got to learn that skill and some of those skills are like real skills and then you got to put yourself in danger so i don't know i was thinking this because my girlfriend is just doing lots of online yoga classes and i'm thinking who yoga is so pointless and i've done yoga it's fine it's nice for the hour and you feel you feel good afterwards, but it's really the most self-indulgent activity that America has ever culturally appropriated from another country. Like it's it's kind of unique among fitness and yoga is not even really about fitness. I mean, yoga is supposed to be meditation, but in America, we don't like to self-reflect so we just make it about fitness (laughs) but other forms of fitness can be useful in like a tribal scenario like we got a band together to fight the zombies so you know if you lift some weights you're kind of strong that's useful if you're fast you can run and get help or you can you know do whatever like running is kind of useful climbing shit you got to get away from zombies that's useful yoga is just you're just standing in place and stretching like that is not useful for anything you're standing a place stretching and then you're thinking to yourself for the whole hour about what a good person you are because you're just standing in one place and stretching that is basically what yoga is it's just a way for you to feel superior to other people which basically most workouts are to be honest but at least you know I'd want someone who does CrossFit on my team before anyone does yoga. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of over yoga. It's pretty fucking pointless. I mean, I guess you can relieve some stress, but you only have stress because you're anxious about dying because you've wasted your life up until now, basically. So the yoga is not really fixing anything. It's kind of like aspirin. It's kind of masking the problem, but the cancer is still there. <laughs> so I was thinking most of these skills I was led to believe would be useful in a, in a zombie apocalypse or a pandemic or any sort of, you know, world-ending scenario are not really that useful. Like even, you know, and I'm not even saying like shooting a gun. Like, yeah, okay, you can shoot a gun. I mean, I guess you may need to do that, but I remember, I think the I only watched the first couple seasons of The Walking Dead, but um, like there's a point where the survivors in the show, usually at some point in every season, they'd find like some type of sanctuary type place. So like some community has walls built up and they've like, they're farming and shit. And they've got like, you can tell like, cause they, they've all bathed. They've got clean faces, their clothes are clean. And then there's always some old lady digging around in like a patch of heirloom tomatoes. And like, that's, that's the iconic image like, oh, you've arrived to like a modicum of civilization again because we got tomatoes growing. 
we're not just we're not just scrounging through the rubble looking for dented cans of ship verity. We have fresh tomatoes here. And like I don't know how you're gonna survive the winter with a couple of fresh tomatoes, but that's the that's the symbolism behind it. And I was always like, well, you know, in the show it's cool to be the dude with the crossbow. It's cool to be the girl with the sword. But in real life, it's like, I don't want to be those motherfuckers. Like, they're almost getting eaten by zombies every day. Because now you know how to use the crossbow. You know how to use the sword. And then people are going to expect you to go out and use your sword and use your crossbow. That's a skill that's going to put you in harm's way. Because the other people will expect you to use that skill to contribute to the group. So like, say I'm doing yoga. That's why I'm, yoga people don't really have any real skills. Like, like what is, uh, like I'm in the yoga class and then we got like neck tattoo vegan girl is in the class. And then lady pants man bun and then you got the person who yesterday wanted you to call them Susan, but now today they want you to call them Philip. Like that's who you're doing yoga with. So what skills do these people have? Like is neck tattoo vegan girl going to like snare us all some squirrels for dinner? Or is uh lady pants man bun? What's he going to do? He's going to make like, Molotov cocktails with his homemade kombucha. And then like Philip slash Susan Philip. Like, I don't know what skills they have. Probably they could really Twitter shame the shit out of the zombies, you know, for their toxic masculinity. But none of them are really going to put food on the table. So what skills do you want to have? That's what I've been asking myself. And then I really, really been thinking like that old lady who's growing the tomatoes, like that's who you want to be. Like, fuck that old lady. Fuck that. First of all, how'd that old lady get there in the first place? Like, how did she survive that first wave of zombies? Like, that, I want that job. That's my job. So I'm rolling into the new town. I'm like, you got to go, old lady. I need a skill. I need a job. I'm not going outside the wire. You know, I do yoga. I wear, I wear uh, boy shorts, you know, shirtless. And I look good at yoga. I win. You know, yoga is not really about winning, but I fucking win at yoga. And half the reason I win is because I look good in those sexy little boy shorts. But I can't wear those sexy little boy shorts when I have to run on over to Cannibal Town because I'm the only guy who uses a crossbow and I got to dig around for some Kansas Chef Boyardee. Like those cannibals are going to take one look at my sweet ass in my sexy little boy shorts. I'm not going to make it back. That crossbow I know how to use, that only shoots one little arrow thing at a time. And then I got to reload every time? No. Fuck that. I mean, I might be able to run away because... I'm pretty spry in my boy shorts. But why would I even risk it? And what is this old... Anybody can grow tomatoes. I'll grow the tomatoes. That old lady doesn't have some special 
old lady wisdom where she grows a better tomato than everybody else. No, she's winging it just like everybody else. She fucking ate pasta sauce out of a jar before this whole thing happened. She doesn't know shit about tomatoes. And also, at some point, we're really going to have to start rebuilding civilization again. And that means making babies. And I am need to stay back behind the walls and get girls pregnant. Like, that is my main function. And while I'm not making babies, I'm growing tomatoes. This old lady, we don't need her to grow tomatoes. We don't need her to have babies, definitely. She's not having any babies. I guess we can have her hang around to help watch all the kids that I'm going to have with all my wives. You know, so everybody else can run outside the wire and they can try to like scrounge for bullets and shit. You know, I volunteer to stay behind, grow tomatoes and get girls pregnant. I think that is my role in the new world order. And then, see, what's going to be interesting when that happens is like a thousand years from now, when we finally killed off all the zombies, and then civilization is flourishing again, people are going to be getting their 23 and Me done, or whatever the equivalent of that is. You know, everyone wants to know, like, oh, where, where did my genes come from? How special am I? Oh, do I have a little bit of... Irish in me. Oh, that's cute. Oh, look at that. It's Central Asian. Like a lot of people have Central Asian because of Genghis Khan. Because Genghis Khan like murdered half of the world and fucked the other half. And I think that could be me. Everyone else is running outside the wire, chopping shit with their ninja sword, shooting people with crossbows. And then I'm quietly hanging back behind the wire, growing delicious, luscious tomatoes, getting girls pregnant. So a thousand years from now, when people are getting their 23andMe done, everyone on the planet will be able to trace their genetics directly back to me, just like Genghis Khan. I'll be the father of the new world. This is Unapproachable with Patrick Fury.